Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. When I die, bury me deep. Lay two speakers at my feet. Wrap some headphones around my head. And rock and roll when I'm dead. That was a lot of heavy breathing. I'm Leah Bross. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And today we are joined by our queen, Melissa Powers, who you may know from our podcast theme songs and also other things that she has done. <laughs> we are blessed, truly are blessed to so, have her so blessed. in blessed be. studio today. <laughs> I feel very blessed to be here. Oh, we're so excited. So very excited. So, so if you guys don't know, she is the other movie virgin. So, and she has selected for us to watch Mandy starring Nick Cage. She has turned us into virgins this week. She has because we had not seen it. So Melissa, will you please share with us your first experience with this film? And uh, yeah, why you're into it? What do you think? Okay. Uh, hello, virgins. I just I just <laughs> wanted to say that uh, first of all. Um, gosh, Mandy, what can I say about it? I actually um, am kind of terrified of horror films, so this is an odd pick for me. But um, there's love. There's revenge. There's um, abstract gore. There's. Uh, Lots of good music. Um, there's lots of red and black. It's very metal in its imagery. And there's Nick Cage, uh, which we all know is uh, kind of a thing for me. I have a yeah. thing for Nick Cage. And Maybe it's we really... should start there. What's, what's <laughs> with this Nick Cage thing? Yeah, what's How up long with, has that been going on? That? Okay. Uh, it's been going on basically forever. But um, <laughs> I think it started... Probably with Moonstruck, that weird uh, movie that he did with Cher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I do love, and it's one of my favorites. Um, actually, my favorite movie ever is Wild at Heart, uh, which he's in with Laura Dern and many, many other people, Willem Dafoe, um, directed by David Lynch. But anyway, uh, I once heard someone describe uh, Nick Cage's acting style as feral, and I think that's... <laughs> kind of why I like it. That's really on point. I can see that for sure. Yeah. I was thinking like uh I don't know, absurdly chaotic, but sure, feral. <laughs> There's no one yeah. else like him. No one. 
There's not. And he's a Capricorn. So we <gasps> oh, have there you go. We have that shared energy. Yeah. I feel like he's like we're kind of like I don't know. We have a little bit of the same soul. You know he's totally and totally into comic books too. I'm just saying, like Oh for all you people who call me a flaming dork. I at least <laughs> never dressed up as was it Superman, I think, that he campaigned for? And he, like, dressed up as him and went to all the studios. And, like, he turned into a real dork. <laughs> I'm not and, surprised. And did not get the part. Oh. He would have been, a, I think, I feel like he, he probably no. wasn't young enough. No. They probably wanted someone younger. Was this the Henry Cavill yeah. Superman? I don't even know for sure if it was Superman. I feel like it was. It was definitely a comic book character. It could have been, like, a Batman. But I feel like it it was Superman, but I, he couldn't. He couldn't do that. I mean, he could. What are be, you like, talking he about? Could, he could be a great villain, but no, he can't be. He's Big Daddy from Kickass. Yeah. What the he's hell does incredible. that have to do with a he's Superman? He's incredible. Well, he's like That's a not, superhero. It's nothing, but it's nothing like that character. See, this is this is this is mainstream people <laughs> who don't know what comics are, who don't understand the characters behind them, going, "Well, it was a comic character in this, so he could be any comic book character he might like." I would love to see him as Superman. But anyway, Melissa, do go on. Do go on. Nick Cage. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say. I can't really explain it. You know, I mean, there was a physical element when he was younger. Now I'm kind of like my dad, you know. (laughs) Uh, Even though he's got a weird mouth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he has that. Yeah, and... uh, I think Cher said in Moonstruck, eyes like a wolf, mm. which I think is true. Yeah. Interesting. And then in this in this movie, it's just like a, a giant LSD trip. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's he's perfect. He really I was trying to think if anybody else could play this character. Red Miller, I think, is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are so many things that he says. He just. He can't. I was wondering while I was watching it, can he not do anything where he isn't just Nick Cage doing line delivery like Nick Cage? He just is so original in that way. And then I was watching this and I was like, could anybody have done it? Like, could anybody have been? I don't know. I think, yeah, you could have still had the same movie with a very similar feel. But some of those lines definitely wouldn't have been yeah. like the I think my favorite part of him just being Nick Cage is when he's, when he goes back for the, the fucking bow. And right the before Reaper. he makes, makes a random, <laughs> like before he becomes a blacksmith and makes an ax. <laughs> he's a lumber, he is both, let me, let me, he is both a lumberjack and a blacksmith in this one movie. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, she's very skilled <laughs> when he's just sitting there and he's like, he, they're talking about hunting and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go hunting. And then he just kind of looks up and he's like, I don't even, he, he was like, they burned her. What is this crazy shit? Like, I don't remember what exactly he said, but it was just very much Nicolas Cage going, I don't know what's happening. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Jesus freaks or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I laugh. And with glee so many times during this movie it made me so happy just (laughs) it was so so much fun i'm not sure that's a good thing no no it's good (laughs) i was like stop rewind laugh again you're like they're burning her she's a witch okay like like that did not make me laugh i honestly didn't believe that she was in that bag i thought it was some i thought she was gonna come back i thought she was gonna rise like a phoenix like i 
didn't believe well, it. I thought she'd come back because I felt like the groundwork had been being laid that she was kind of witch-like. Yeah. You know? yeah. Anyway. yeah. But anyway, back to Melissa and her first time. <laughs> <laughs> How was your first time? So you watched, oh, yeah. You watched it because Nick Cage. Yeah, and it had been recommended to me by a lot of people at that point. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like, ah, I, you know, I'm not so good with horror, but I will I will do it for Nick Cage. And because people said it was such a good movie. So I, I did that. Um, let's see. First time. I, 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 I'm just going to say it. I was high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had that thought maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, who the fuck am I kidding? Maybe 45 seconds in. I was like, oh, shit. This is this would be so much better if I were high. Like, long before we even get into the movie, we were just in the midst of... The, it was once the colored skies hit. Yeah. <laughs> once you see the different colored skies, now it's like, I'm just... This is... I'm not in the right place. I mean, I can watch it and enjoy it, but... Mm-hmm. I bet it was great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was, like, uh, really the one of the, the first things that I think I noticed about it was the visual, uh, you know, effects, the cinematography, just how lush and pretty and kind of um ethereal it was and then it and then it gets downright spacey and uh you know it it there's a lot of turns there but like that was what I was hit with first was just the way that it looks um and then also like that poem uh mm-hmm. of course like I was hooked right away I was like oh yeah <laughs> this is me uh which I later I looked it up and I guess that was written um like that was from a book and they were um, an inmate's last words before <gasps> being executed. Yeah. I read that, that it, I guess they never, he never officially cited him, but that was where somebody had found that exact poem from was someone on death row. Yeah. Wild. I did not catch that. Nice, nice work. You guys. I mean, it was literally just in the trivia. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see it in the trivia. Did I not get the same trivia that you guys got? Because I didn't I read that. Know. Maybe it was in reviews or something instead. I, it's not like I did a ton of research. Oh, uh, Melissa. Yeah, I think have. I just googled. No, I think I just googled the poem, or okay. if you can call it a poem. I mean, it's poetic, right? I mean, it, it is. It is with it's our interpretation poem. earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It, it, I I liked it. Uh, the whole, the gore wasn't too bad for me because it was a little, you know, it was kind of dressed up, um, abstractly it's this, and like, yeah. campy kind of, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, I was devastated, obviously, when when they burned Bandy, and um, you know, I don't know what it says about me that I love like just a, you know, I love a man that's just gonna go out and avenge you. Avenge you, yeah, and and uh, and I love that she's not even like his wife; she's his girlfriend. And, but that doesn't matter, you know. It's it's uh, no love doesn't crazy. need that certificate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and then I love, I also love like a cult. I love a cult. A good cult, yeah. yeah. A good cult, yeah. And so you have that. Um, you know, I don't know what else can you say. Nature. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. I mean, there were definitely some really gross moments, but um, mm-hmm. I felt like every shot, 
it was the whole the whole like the mood the vibe all of it was really great and you got that great soundtrack too that very kind of like 70s horror kind of vibe going in the background and it's taking place in the early 80s she's got the long black hair the motley crew tee the ripped black jeans which was a really good look um Mm -hmm. yeah the eyebrows were a bad look though that made me really mad you didn't like the eyebrows? <laughs> Light eyebrows and dark hair just really oh, freaked me out. You. Like, I mm-hmm. can't take it. It's it, And then she had kind of like a five head on top of it. It's just distracting to me. This is just judgy nonsense, but yeah. it was very no. distracting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to shout out uh, to, like, the King Crimson song at the yes. beginning of the film. Yeah. Yeah. A good choice. Very good choice. And you but, said you, uh, did you say you like this director, too, or the writer? Uh, so I, as you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not like a movie person. I've, I've seen like five things and, and they're mostly <laughs> Nick Cage films. Um, Total. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, the people that recommended this to me were like, yeah, it's this, you know, writer director, um, who did beyond the black rainbow, um, which is another sort of cult film like uh another sort of classic and I I thought about watching that the night that I rewatched Mandy and I was going to but then I decided I could only handle one drug trip uh in a night (laughs) yeah yeah. right yeah but apparently uh, I looked it up later and so he's only done these two films and his dad was also a writer director um who did Tombstone Really, I love yeah. Stone. I did see that, and he I fucking he, love that movie. Because I think, because uh, it's Panos Cosmatos, right? And I think yeah. he he was on, he worked on Tombstone, but yeah, it was his dad, which is kind of funny when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, supposedly he used the money that he made on that film to make Beyond the Black Rainbow, oh, which wow. is yeah, his foray into the world of Hollywood. I think he had. I mean. You can't deny his vision for at least, like, this film. I haven't seen Beyond the Black Rainbow, but I felt like it was very clear. Um, I didn't... Okay. Yes and no, I guess, in my mind. I think there was a little bit... <laughs> there. It was a bit much. Like, there are times where it was channeling David Lynch, and yes. I was, like, getting into the dreamy, ethereal state, and then we would go into, like just something totally different and and it ends with kind of like a slasher movie vibe and I'm not saying I didn't have fun or enjoy it still but it definitely felt like maybe a bit too many different types of moods thrown into one and trying to cobble them together because I could kind of get it if it was it felt it felt like the moods were cobbled together I guess is more so more so than um blended well if that makes sense so what what moods is it just because of the different types of feelings you got like from the the part where the cult is you know kidnapping mandy to then it becomes like a revenge yeah yeah and even within there i mean there were moments where again again like there's definitely david lynch stuff happening but then there's also like you had mentioned kind of that 70s early 80s horror movie vibe and then it's also very kind of just plain like metal rock and roll kind of like you know sort of like out there campy but still fun Mm -hmm. and then there's also the pure slasher not necessarily like the 70s horror but that it's just the pure slasher movie it was all of those things mixed in 
Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it, for me at least, it didn't always feel like it held true to it. So like I was watching it and I would get, I would get a feeling and then it would, all of a sudden I'd be laughing instead. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it was hard to maintain any kind of cohesive uh, opinion, I guess. Of yeah. The, movie. the, when it first opens up and you hear in this music and um, I don't, have you guys seen the devil's candy? It's got yeah. Ethan Embry. It's pretty interesting. It's um, you, I can't explain it. You just have to watch it. It's just this family <laughs> goes buys this farmhouse and then they um, they are kind of uh, there's this guy who's really weird. I don't know. You have to watch it. But there's a lot of great scenes where because Ethan Embry plays this kind of this artist and it's like he almost becomes possessed. It gets really interesting. Um, but that same kind of like. You're hearing the music, and it's part of this really kind of intense scene. I really like that vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some other things that I felt called back to movies from that era, or from the 70s and 80s. Like, the fuzzy TV reminded me of Poltergeist. Um, when she's telling the story of the Starlings, I'm like, it's her <gasps> Silence of the Lambs moment. That whole, the story <laughs> thing, I think is, yes. That was the number one thing that I really hated, because it felt so unnecessary. But I think you had to... And weirdly dumb. Like, it was a bit much. You didn't... Mm. Did you already get then that he was kind of her protector and that she had this... I mean, she did seem like kind of a... Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like, it it just didn't feel necessary to me. Or it felt like too much. Like, it could have been a story about the same thing, even. But maybe, like, shorter and less... Less kind of drawn out and, you know... And then I ran away and... (laughs) It's always so, and they dumped them on. There were just these, all these baby birds, but we love the starlings, but my dad hated them. And they're like half awake on the couch, and all I can think is like, bitch, I don't care. I want to go to bed. And then he's like, oh, honey. Oh, so he awful. Called, he called and her I, baby. He called her baby twice, and I, I liked it both times. I just, I, I don't have a, it was, it hurt. Like, it almost hurt me. But then later... She's not like when she, dude, when she fucking laughs at yes. uh, what's his face? Ooh, yeah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Because he goes through this whole thing and it's great. I mean, that was it's by incredible. Far. Like, that's the best scene yeah. by far. But he, that, nudity, I loved it. Loved was, every minute. What was of that it. line? That line that was like, and I'm I'm special and you're special too, so we should be special together or something like that. <laughs> And I just started laughing and was like, that is the worst fucking line. And then she cracked up and started laughing. And I was like, bitch, we'd both die together. (laughs) And honestly, I would in a situation like that. If somebody, I mean, in so many situations, I would just laugh at somebody and very likely get shot. I'm well aware that that's how I could go. Well, she's also just (laughs) been pumped pumped full of very strong drugs. Was that the, uh, what is the killer hornet thing? That's the on murder the murder hornets. Yeah, was oh, that a murder God. hornet? <laughs> it was huge. Oh, was that? It was enormous. I don't know. And I like, so I looked that up, and then supposedly like the eye drops were like liquid LSD, yeah. whatever. And that, but the the fucking hornet, I have no idea. I mean, just the, just the cherry on top. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting to think about this movie and like some of the like disconnects. Like it goes from feeling sort of real to like very magical mm-hmm. at like times. Which I guess yeah. If I had one complaint, it'd be like I don't know, like pick one. Yeah, but maybe it was my mistake for even assuming that 
it was based in any sort of like real situation. That's that was kind of the problem that I had with it too. I feel like you watch you watch David Lynch just as an example, and you're a hundred percent into this absurdity. Like there's something about the way that he crafts everything where you know it's both reality and dream, but mm-hmm. it's woven together so perfectly that you you get it and you feel like you're along for the ride. And with this, it was like it was there were times where it worked and times where it just quite it didn't hold together. That's kind of what I was meaning by that kind of jumps all over the place at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was close, but it just wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. Would maybe would one of those times maybe be Nick Cage in a bathroom pulling out a bottle of some kind of liquor, drinking it and just like breaking down? <laughs> that was the first time that I just cracked up. <laughs> just he's he's in so much pain. And I, I that, loved it. But all I could think is, why are you hiding liquor in the bathroom? No. Time? Yes. And, <laughs> and why now? Like your first your first instinct after you free yourself from this barbed wire and watch her ashes fly away. And then you sleep on the couch for a few hours. <laughs> Because that's what you would do. And then navigate to the bathroom, <laughs> chug some vodka, and just scream on the toilet. That I just <laughs> great. Great. That took me so quickly out of the movie. Because I was just thinking, like, what must he have done before they shot this scene to get all pumped so that he could sit here and just emote all this raw shit? It made me really happy. He's well, I assume that's just though. him. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if you saw him in a public restroom, you could be like, hey, could you sit on that toilet and just scream like your heart's been ripped out? And he'd be like, I mean, yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you did you see the karaoke video uh, from from in recent years? Like, no. I think it was like in the last six months or something. So he's been married uh, like five times, you know, something ridiculous. And this last one ended very quickly (laughs) and um in the weeks following that this is obviously uh pre-corona but he showed up i guess at a couple la karaoke bars and sang this very just um god i don't know how to explain it um visceral and really sad and kind of guttural version of purple rain Oh, it's like oh. purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that bathroom scene, but in real life. And people, so on brand. people got it on video. Yeah, yeah, it's it's floating around on the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, and I read in the IMDb trivia that he had just gotten like told by his wife that they were getting a divorce before they shot this. So he kind of put all of that into this as well. Do you know what I think was great though? I read that too. I read that he had, there was like a little quote from him or something too, that had said like, you know, I, it just, there was this relation, our relationship and it ended so suddenly. So I just used all of that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, wait a minute, she filed for divorce. She wasn't burned to death in front of you. What the (laughs) do you mean? You just channeled that. Lindsay, like, does he, he just does he feel things so he, deeply? Yes, he yes. just feels things so deeply that it's yes. <laughs> filing for divorce is just the same as if she had been burned to death in front of it. This is why I love him. He's a feeler. He is. <laughs> I like. I watched. Um, I was in um Mexico, uh, last like right around this time last year was in March actually, and um. 
with just a random group of people and we watched The Rock and there's just this great line in the movie where he's like, cut the shit a-hole. And the, the delivery is just perfect and like we just kept saying it to each other the whole time and that's how I feel like anything he does is unique and magic. And so, there's so much feeling in it. Can I ask, because, okay, so we know Melissa's favorite movie. What What is your favorite Nick Cage movie? Uh, it's, pro- it's probably going to be something dumb like Kick-Ass. You know me. I can't. <laughs> I mean, Kick-Ass is good. It's I wouldn't good. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly not fucking Face-Off. Mother, that was, that's nice. <laughs> it, it's tied for Face-Off and uh, Raising Arizona. <laughs> those, are, those are my two favorites. I haven't 100%. seen Raising Arizona. Um, so good. Leah. So good. Did you guys see Next? Oh my God, I'm putting it on the list You're right now. No. Next. I don't, that doesn't sound It's familiar. really bad. Um, I felt like, um, I haven't seen all the Wicker Man, but I have seen the end. The Wicker Man with him, like the new version. That's pretty fun. Um, see that. Adaptation. Have you seen, seen that? It. I, adaptation is, adaptation's on our list, I believe. Ooh. Because <laughs> Leah hasn't seen it. So, and that is a great one. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, up there for me, Con Air and City of Angels, which I saw. I saw <laughs> City of Angels in theater, and it's really fucking bad. But I remember That's I saw bad. Bringing Out the Dead in theaters, too. Honestly, that, like, I can't remember what my first Nick Cage movie was, but, like, I remember when City of Angels came out. And it was, like, the, the Goo Goo Dolls song yeah. Uh, was, yeah, God. I don't. I can sing it. I'm not going to, but I can't think of the name of the song. But you know the one I'm talking about. Is it Iris? Was that Iris, or was that I the think other so. one? No. You know, I had no. the soundtrack. Or Iris is. It's it, Iris. It's Iris. Oh, is it Iris? All right. Iris is on the soundtrack, but there's also um. That's unless... literally all I think of when I think of that movie is Goo Goo Dolls and Goo Goo Dolls and like <laughs> Nick Cage. It's Meg Ryan, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. like Nick Cage and Meg Ryan just staring at each other. It was oh, yeah. Yeah. so bad. It was so and bad. The, uh, my favorite thing about that movie is there's an Alanis Morissette song called Uninvited that I was obsessed with. I oh, love yeah. that song. Yeah. 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 I had that soundtrack. That was one of the soundtracks, one of the CDs I lost somewhere over the Atlantic, and it made me crazy because I yeah. loved it. The other great thing about that film is Dennis Franz Naked in the Ocean. <laughs> I don't so, remember that. <laughs> Dennis Franz was like a naked a lot that's not a big deal well that for me it was the first time i had seen his ass naked on nypd blue i think he was the first one who showed up Good in the Lord. shower but yeah everybody's so- waiting for jimmy smith's and like here have a dennis friend's ass but i guess with all of this it's you know i haven't seen all of nick cage's movie and, and i haven't even seen the best like i've never seen leaving las vegas i've never seen um mm. moonstruck but i feel like you don't, everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows Nick Cage. And everybody's yeah. probably seen a Nick Cage movie. Um, yeah. He's and a real special guy. Hopefully it wasn't, uh, what was the one, the motorcycle demon guy? Oh, hell, something hell, Ghost right? Rider. Ghost Rider. Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Yeah. Ghost yeah, Rider. Yeah, that was something. I really want to see Color Out of Space. I'm pretty excited about watching that. That's yeah, I don't even list. know what that is. Um, it's kind of like a sci-fi thing. It came out, I want to say, like, last year? 2019? Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> I imagine it'll be very similar to this movie. Maybe just a little bit of a different vibe. This movie didn't, I didn't expect what I got out of Mandy. Because I had definitely seen the shot of him in the car at the end with a bloody face, like, grinning. Uh-huh. Um, but, man, it just made me so happy to watch this fucking movie. I... 
didn't know anything about it going in, which may have been a mistake, or maybe not. I don't. It probably wasn't a mistake. I don't think it was a mistake, but it was a. Uh, it was definitely an experience. Because <laughs> yeah. all I knew, all I knew was like I. I knew there was kind of like a sci-fi horror kind of vibe to it, just from the artwork. But that was literally all I uh, all I had going in. I really loved. There were so many moments of like crazy violence like I think the hardest I laughed and the most excited I got was when he was wrestling one of those I thought they were demons at first I really did think it because they blew the horn and then they showed up the black yeah, yeah. yeah 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 I thought they were for sure demons so when he gets into their I guess their lair or whatever and he starts wrestling the guy with like this rapier for a dick and then uh and the porn is on the porn I couldn't keep my the, eyes off the porn yeah, of the course porn the on. porn is on okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's chipping away at a mountain of cocaine watching this dumb porn <laughs> and, and which reminds me really quick of this story that I uh, I can't remember who told this story but it was a story about when they were hanging out with Kid Rock and they were in this room with him and there was this literal mountain of cocaine and they were like is that t- talking to Kid Rock? Is that really, you know, what are we going to do with that? And how are we even going to? And Kid Rock's just like, we're just going to chip away at it. Like, just rock star lifestyle. Because anyway. the minute that Nicolas Cage went over there and grabbed like a whole spoonful basically and shoved oh. it up his nose, I just, I looked at him and I was like, oh, honey, that was too much. <laughs> and then he picks up the jar yeah. of acid and I was like, don't drink that. And he kind of, sn- oh. I still don't know why you would ever taste it. It looked like Ugh, putty. No. It, it looked, looked like, like cum. It looked like a jar of cum. Because what kind of cum are you seeing? <laughs> when, when they, it was like a gray putty liquid. What is happening in your I life? I was so confused by when they blow the horn and these <laughs> demon people show up. And I'm like, of course, demons ride on four by fours or four wheelers or whatever. And then I they come to. What kind of backwoods <laughs> demons are these? But I thought for sure they were demons. And I was getting kind of like a Night of the Living Dead or Return of the Living Dead 3 vibe. That's a great movie. Lots of, like, uh, self-mutilation type stuff. But anyways, so they pull up. I'm like, they're demons. Because they're talking about sacrificing the fat kid to them. And I'm like, for sure they're demons because they want to eat, like, people or they need human blood. And they he gives them this jar of whatever this is. And I was like, is it cum? I'm like, it's got to be human flesh. It's got to be something from people. Why would you? What kind of knowledge base do you have about demons? Do you think that demons just go out and eat people? Is that what you think they are? And why okay, they, but I think you might be confused about demons versus I don't know, like zombies. Okay. It was blended brain. <laughs> so online they said, uh, they, you know, I don't know the the group think out there no. that like I guess supposedly they were like I don't know if they were like normal people. That had like a bad trip, yeah. And then, uh, and then they be they became supposedly like flesh eating or like they need blood. I can't remember one of the two. Yeah, or something. that's what, and that's kind of yeah. how in uh, Carruthers, the guy's name is Carruthers. Yeah. Nod to The Shining. Um, <laughs> he was explaining them as yeah, they got stuff from the chemist. It was really strong and it fucked them up, yeah. and they're in pain all the time. So they turn into these sadomasochists that eat eat people and <laughs> drink glass jars of really heavy thick acid that looks like cum anyway yeah but so when he's having this wrestling match again this, can we agree it's not cum. nothing <laughs> like cum you're like Leah who are you having sex with yes what is what is going on I'm like, I mean I'm like Steve Carell in a 40 year old version where I describe a woman's sand breast bang. as a bag of sand <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know 
I don't know. I don't know. But that's what happens. Know. That's what happens when you have sex, right? He fills up a jar with a gray liquid, <laughs> and then you drink it, and it gets you high. And you say, "Blood for blood." And um, then you sit around and watch porn and stab each other. That's stab each other. this is this is sex. Yes. That would be so much better. <laughs> This is what modern women want out of life. It is true. (laughs) So they're wrestling around in this living room, and he reaches up and he slits the guy's throat, and the guy, and, like, I was shocked by the amount of blood coming out, and then I was just so happy about it. I was just... Were you shocked by the amount of blood or the fact that he didn't move, and he's just sitting there with his mouth gaping open? (laughs) (laughs) I thought... I'll just choke it in. I thought that was very pornographic, almost. And I don't know if it was just because of the porn there, but I thought, like, it was kind of like he gave him a facial. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. No, but it's true. He he took that load like a champ. It, it was, was a lot, really, too. That really made me happy. Um, that made you so happy. I also liked, who he said it to somebody. He referred, He called somebody, he said, you're a vicious snowflake. Yeah, that was the first one. That was really, or that was my favorite shirt. You ripped my shirt. Just like all of these great <laughs> lines he's delivering with the classic cage intensity weirdness. I don't know. He's so Yeah. Funny. I did love when he said that was my favorite shirt. And my reaction was, it just said 44. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's your favorite shirt. All right, dude. Also, why do you give a fuck about your shirt, man? Your girlfriend was burned to death in front of you, but you know, whatever. That's but fine. you find out you're at the avenging end, her. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. The yeah. shirt that he was wearing when they met, and I was so glad. Do you remember the clothes you were wearing the day that you met your significant other? Because I barely I, remember what I'm wearing wearing right now. Oh, I remember things. I remember different. I don't know about like. Yeah, I think I do actually. I think both. Like, like for my husband, for Jim, it was, I was wearing my work uniform because I was at work. But you don't really remember. You just assume because you know you were at work. Yeah. 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 I don't remember. I don't remember specific stuff. Melissa, on the other hand, is a true romantic. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker and I'm a clothes whore. So the two things combine. That's yeah. 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 Totally I thought sucker. that was sweet. I was really glad that she came back in the end. I, I mean, I don't think that she's alive. I think it was her. Oh, you mean just seeing her? Again. I think he hallucinated her because he oh, was still sure. high on that shit LSD. I don't oh, think yeah. he's still. I mean, maybe he was still high, but I, I get the feeling that after that, you uh, you just kind of lose your shit a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he just fell apart. Yeah. Did you? Can we talk about the quality? Uh, I think his name is Linus Roach, who I and I know him from Law and Order. Oh yeah, Law and Order definitely. Also, uh, Bruce Wayne's father. Oh really? From which Batman? Uh, the first Dark Knight, the Dark Knight, I believe. Oh, interesting. I Wait, which which character is this? Jeremiah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Jeremiah Stan. Okay. Well, I would like to discuss the quality of his naked body slash penis because I do think he has a little <laughs> bit of a weird old man Sam Neill old man body thing happening um a little bit of the gut thing yeah not even the gut I feel like it's just the shape of him is quite interesting um (laughs) but he had a nice penis like it was nice it wasn't threatened by it um I was I was offended but I think I was just offended by the presentation you know I I I I have no criticism yeah I have no criticism of his body I don't I don't fucking know but like (laughs) 
Yeah, the whole like he opens the robe like like his penis is a fucking gift. And then uh, I wrote it down. Well, and he's playing the song that he made. He, you know, wrote, recorded, whatever. And it's like pretty bad. And then uh, she says, uh, you made (laughs) this song. Yeah, she, you made this song, and he's like, mm-hmm. and she's like, and it's about you, and he's like, he's like, yeah, like he's like excited, and then she starts the laughing. I love <laughs> it. I love like, it. It's so great because he's just such a, um, I oh ooh, I read I read this too, like that actually that he, that that scene particularly is um, a commentary on male fragility, um. Yeah, and like, cause he and he's and like, how so, we're not supposed to laugh at them. <laughs> yeah, and he's so obsessed with himself, and like, obviously very narcissistic, and all of those things. And then when she, you know, says that shit to him, he just loses it. You know, it's actually a really good point there, and and certainly not the reaction that he expected. Mm-hmm. I think that she <laughs> no, she, because everyone should just bow down at his feet and then suck his dick. <laughs> Well, and the, <laughs> he he's actually um, it's interesting if you think about him compared to the Nick Cage character. So Nick Cage's character is he seemed like he might have been a Vietnam vet or something. He's very like intense. He's a recovering alcoholic. He's got this friend who hides this bow for him. He can forge his own axe. It's very manly. Yeah, man. he somehow knows how to exactly forge. Right. It's not even an axe. That's right. like a medieval. It's just like a weapon. weapon. Yeah. yeah. But he's yeah. very sensitive and kind to her and care. Like he loves her art, which I fucking loved her art too. Fuck. He's oh, also yeah. a big dork. When they were sitting there watching that like old sci-fi movie and mm-hmm. they were both just leaning over their TV trays and like, what's going to happen <laughs> next? I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. I just, and that, that he would lay, like the pillow talk scene where they're talking about their favorite planet. I'm and just he said like, it's galactic. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. God, I loved it. So I know. If you think about him as a foil for this guy who's your classic cult leader, you know, high on his own supply, which happens to be himself. Um, just was really, yeah. But to think that that was a commentary on male fragility. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think she must have known, like she obviously didn't her reaction to that. Cause if you look at the other young lady in the cult who just kind of is quiet and does what he says and, you know, just I don't think she says a single word the entire, the entire film. She's terrified, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I was glad that she, like, Nick Cage, like, gave her a pass um, and didn't kill her. But um, when you think about Mandy, which it's funny, they don't say her name until that scene where he shows his naked body. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe, like, 20 minutes before that, I was like, who the fuck is Mandy? Because I'm, I'm an idiot. Um, it's, <laughs> it's kind of assumed. Yeah, <laughs> you're um, like, when is Mandy going to show up? Mandy going to show up? She's obviously seen some shit. So for her to react to that, it makes me wonder if she was able to kind of heal from what she had experienced, and this was her toughness coming out that she she wasn't going to like fall for this guy's bullshit. She wasn't going to do whatever he told her to do. She found a guy who cared for her and was sensitive and didn't have all that macho look at me crap going on. Um, I thought that was really great and really empowering that she did that. Um, yeah, I liked that part. Yeah, also, it was really, sack. it was super trippy. That was, it was yeah, good. It was, it was really super trippy. Yeah. Did you, did you guys like the chainsaw duel? I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. I mean, I I don't even like really get into I don't get into violence. Like I'm not an action movie person. I get kind of bored with that stuff, but I actually liked it just because I think of the way that it was shot and it was just kind of it was more interesting to watch than the usual sort of action sequence i don't know in my in my opinion it was interesting to watch yeah the whole thing was uh, a lot of fun to watch it's the whole time i'm watching this movie though i'm not gonna lie all i could think was like this is what mel's into (laughs) i really (laughs) thought thought she didn't i'm like she doesn't like to be scared i didn't think she liked horror movies and she's so sweet and gentle and like he just collapsed (laughs) somebody's skull in with his bare hands what the hell is happening This is way outside of my comfort zone. Like, <laughs> like this is outside of my box. Yeah. Which, I, I, yeah. I was trying to get to that at the beginning. But, yeah, it's it's not my usual uh, film. But here we are. I, uh, did you all, did you all see the, um, the theory about Mandy? No. no I, don't um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what you think. So I I read like some people think that Mandy is um, basically Mother Earth, mm-hmm. and like well her last name is Bloom, mm-hmm. um, and like the Starling story and um, finding the baby deer, finding the baby deer, and then like uh, Red Miller is like the Wrath of God, basically. Um, I don't know. There were, there were some other things I was trying to, I don't know, look through my notes. But, yeah, supposedly that's one theory that's floating around there, which I think is interesting. Yeah, but is. I don't know. I don't know if it I don't think it explains like the whole movie. Maybe it does. That would that would be a, 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 a different take. That's really interesting. I guess the as far as explaining the whole movie, I think there are still holes mm-hmm. and questions that aren't answered which occur in most movies but i think there's something about having holes and weirdness together that makes me feel like you guys just did something weird for the sake of being weird and that bothers me like that was kind of the problem i had with um um leah what was the 12 hour long movie where people ended up getting burned at the end um (laughs) What Did we saw we... it in the theater. You loved it. I liked oh, it. Midsommar. Uh, I fucking Midsommar. loved it. And yeah. I, 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 I oh yeah. This has an A-frame really... that is on fire at the end too. So yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And I really liked Midsommar, but there were certain things that were in there that I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like that doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't hold within the thread of the story, and it felt like you were just trying to shock me. And there were certain elements that I saw in this as well where it didn't feel like it held together. I forgave it more in this movie because I feel like this movie was already such a trip that <laughs> it's easy to forgive stuff that's like just plain batshit crazy because that's part of it is that you're kind of being taken on this wild ride. Um, but but like the, the tripped out, you know, demon people having like nails embedded in their bodies and Mm. riding four wheelers just so much weirdness that doesn't have any real explanation it makes it hard for me to accept that there's this one wonderful unifying theory of like humanity's evil ways and how they're scorching mother earth (laughs) (laughs) like i could buy that there that it's in there but i don't know that i can buy that that's it like maybe maybe he thought about that and he thought about wanting to do a movie like that and then he just got really high when he was (laughs) writing it 
<laughs> and got and shit got weird. That I could accept. I could understand that. I think the only part of it that took me out, aside from Nick Cage in the bathroom, which was so great, I accept and don't give a shit, was um, <laughs> when he goes to see the chemist and like Izzy the yeah, tiger is there. That. that was very odd. I mean, I felt like it was his journey to. I mean, I guess on a, on his hero's journey to crushing this cult, he had to find them, and so. But he I went there. And I think maybe I checked out for a minute, or at least I assumed I did, because I walked away from that going, "Wait, who was that? What just happened? Why is there a tiger? What is going on?" Yeah, I had the exact same thought. I wrote down, "Who? What is the meaning of the guy with the tiger?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know honestly that scene. Yeah, it was it was just really kind of more trippy and didn't feel real and I do think it was it was like this gap between he handled the biker gang and now he has to find uh what the chemist referred to as the children which is it was the cult what did they call themselves children of the dawn or something like new that dawn, yeah yeah something like that of the new dawn yeah I gotta be honest with you though I feel like it's it's a little bit disparaging to real cult leaders to call this a cult when it's like five people I mean <laughs> This is just like a group of crazies. Come on. Lindsay's they like, have, you're not even doing things. cult right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he had gotten his shit together ahead of time, he could have actually created a cult. But no, instead he's wasting all of his time giving LSD to bikers and sacrificing, you know, f- fat, uh, weirdly blonde kids and burning women. Like, that's not how, that's not how you build a cult. But I thought I, I liked... I don't like how he, when he first saw Mandy, the cult leader, Jeremiah, and he gets back and he's just, the angle of him, he's just laying in the bed. So you've got this shot of him, but he's like sideways and everybody's coming to him and he's like equal parts like angry, but like commanding and I guess inspiring in some ways. And then what does he say? He says, I feel naked without her. Like he's just so desperate. He's just a dude led by his dick. Like that's all he is. He's just very basic. Okay. But. He said something that made me really identify with him a lot. Oh, great. <laughs> in in a really scary way. <laughs> you, when he said that, uh, he, what, was Jesus talking to him or he died or something and he met, like he wasn't, I don't think he was 100% clear if it was Jesus or God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody was speaking to him. And what they told him was everyone else is wrong and you were right. And I was like, somebody's <laughs> asked me that before. I've been asked that before. And that question of like, what do you want St. Peter to say to you at the gates of heaven? What would you, and everybody of course is always like, welcome and your family's inside and I love you. And I'm like, I'd really like to hear you were right. <laughs> <laughs> so I do get where he's coming from to an extent. I think if somebody had told, but, but then he went off the tracks and he it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, everyone else is wrong and you were right. And then it was like, and then he told me that I could just take whatever I want because reality is mine and it's me. And he, he was really, he kept talking about how other people didn't have, somehow they didn't have a soul or something so yeah, that they that weren't going to ascend. It didn't make any fucking sense either. Like, you, you're soulless. And I'm like, are you sure? I don't why would you say that? And then at one point he said when he was talking to Nick Cage, he was like, you're soulless. You have no soul. You have no brain. And I'm thinking if I'm Nick Cage, I'm just going to look at him and be like, motherfucker, how did I even get here if I don't have a brain? Do you not know what that word means? I don't think you know what any of these words mean. You're very confused. 
I, I felt a little uh, uh, attacked um, with oh. his whole character. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe like in the same way. Uh, well, no, different. I relate to him in a different way than Lindsay, but like being the sort of like failed musician. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> no. like, so that's because I think that's why he's like, they were wrong or, you know, and like, they don't have a soul because they didn't like my music, <laughs> which is very, you know, Charles like Manson. I literally like, think that was it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is very Charles Manson. Totally. It is, it's funny. Like, there is an element when you talk about cult leaders, you know, and, and I think there there was the line also about um, drowning in the same waters that mystics revel in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's true that there's a very, very fine line there. So, like, like I said, there was that moment of being told this thing that you were right and they were wrong and the kind of weight that that can carry. And I connected with that, too, and not necessarily in a sense of. I, I'm right because I am so right, but in the way that we all think we're right, you know, that we're righteous about how human beings should be and act and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, he goes on to the very next stage of basically preaching violence as though violence is something that anyone should ever think is right. Yeah. But I I was watching... Um, so, Mel, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago that I, I really like to... Um, suckle at the what the, the teat of agony. Teats like of I'm, agony. <laughs> Teats of pain, which are giving you agony milk. I'm a big fan of the agony milk. I like the hard stuff. Ooh. So I've been watching on HBO. Uh, I know this much is true, which was the Wally Lamb book. And the last episode that we watched, it's these twin brothers, and one of them is schizophrenic, and they're talking to the schizophrenic guy who he cut his hand off in a library and so they're deciding whether or not he should be um basically imprisoned in this mental hospital and the guy who's talking to him he says you know he's asking him why he did it and he said that he did it because jesus told him to jesus told him to do this so that he could atone for the world's sins and the guy who's a fucking psychiatrist and should damn well know better he asks him he's like well well, you you do everything that Jesus says. Well, what if Jesus said that you had to kill somebody else? And he argues with him. He's like, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. And he's like, but what if he did? And he's like, but that's not Jesus. He wouldn't do that. And he's like, okay, but what if he did? But what if he did? But what if he did? Which is a bullshit fucking move for a psychiatrist to do with somebody who's psychotic. But the point is, is that aspect, like that part of it really reminded me of that conversation too, of that fine line between, and I'm not saying that somebody who suffers from psychosis is quote unquote crazy, but that fine line between crazy and uh, religious belief mm-hmm. and this guy obviously veered on the wrong side of that mm-hmm. even though he was right even though Jesus mm-hmm. told him that he was right he went too far too yeah. far I am so interested in that line and I, I think that's why I like all the the cult movies and and documentaries and stuff because I really don't think it's that far of a stretch for a normal person quote-unquote normal person you know like of sound mind. I really don't think it's that much of a leap necessarily just to, to cross over into kind of just wild thinking. We talked a little bit about um, like kind of the psychology of cult leaders for a little bit. And what was it? The invitation that we did a few weeks ago. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing with those people in particular too, is I would say most of them aren't, crazy 
so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of personality disorders that float around, but hell, there are a lot of personality disorders that float around amongst the, so to speak, normal population. But yeah, yeah, it gets really easily, easily out of hand when somebody comes to you and reinforces that belief. And then you realize, well, if these people believe the same thing I'm believing, then I must be right. And if I'm right about that, then maybe I'm right about this too. And this, and this, and this, and the more reinforcement you get, all of a sudden, the more you come to realize that not only am I right, I must be getting this somehow divinely. I must be the second coming. You know, I must I must be this person. And you don't have to have any sort of psychosis to fall into that. Mm. I don't know that I... Mm. I honestly don't believe you do. And I think it's a very dangerous game to believe that you need to be psychotic in order to fall into that area. Because that's I... when we're going to start... That's when we're going to start losing the battle with people who are people who do bad things when you start labeling them as just crazy and not actually. I'm not not saying that just crazy. I do think that there are people out there who are maybe they're cult leaders. I don't know, but doing some really disturbing shit. And I'm not saying that they're psychotic, but there's definitely something else going like the next, is it Nexum, that guy who was, I think the thing that's like, but the thing that's going on is people are telling you it's okay. And you start to believe it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, don't know I, that could happen I, it can happen on any level if you were at work and everybody started to say that everything you did was right you're going to start to believe it and honestly you're going to start making some bad choices because not everything you do is right but if everybody's telling you it is right then all of a sudden you start believing your own hype and I mean you can say this like if you think about Michael Jackson and how yeah. he was famous from the time he was a very small child and how everybody just you know how he became when he became or I was listening to um, a story about R. Kelly today because I haven't watched that documentary and I can't remember the name of the documentary, but they were talking about how how he would come to control these women. And it was, you know, it would start off with just call me daddy in the bedroom. And then it was like dressed a certain way. And then it was, you know, it's and then it became like, don't talk around my friends. And then, you know, over and then suddenly you have, and, and it's like these small things that you decide to do over time. And then suddenly you're in control. How would you, you know, how did he get that way? Why did he decide to, to, to behave that way? You know, I think mm-hmm. that there's, I hear you on that, like, if everybody's telling you you're right, you're just like, yeah, okay, then I must be right. And everything, you know, I get that. But I, f- I find that most people, you've got some kind of a check and balance inside of yourself to be like, this doesn't feel right. Or there's something else going on. I would hope that we do at least at some point, but I think once the scales tip too far, if you have an entire following of people, no matter how, and I would, I would argue that you're not going to have an entire following of no, people. people will most challenge likely. you. People will challenge you. And- right. Most likely you won't have that unless you have some other kind of agenda going on. But I would say that there is still a tipping point where even a really good person can, can go back. I think you see it with the, certain evangelicals too who may well be good people but all of a sudden they have this huge church this huge flock of people who are saying that they you know they preach the gospel and they're god's gift and now instead of actually helping people out they're buying their own helicopters and you know spending all of their money like the tammy faye baker kind of people well i guess mm-hmm. it wasn't just tammy faye what was jim baker jim baker yeah but maybe that's because it's easy for like you know, when you're talking about money and power, those are very seductive things. And maybe yeah. that's what we're, that's all we're talking about is like, cause it's, if it isn't money, it's power, the power mm-hmm. o- over people and to feel, you know, it's, 
Yeah, that's what I mean. When yeah. people are telling yeah. you you're right all the time, what they're mm-hmm. doing is giving you power. Mm-hmm. But again, I I really would I think that would think that people would have, and maybe I'm just being naive about this. Something inside of them that would say, maybe maybe this isn't this isn't good. Maybe I shouldn't be taking. I think you have to have somebody help you out along the way. I think that was that's I think the saddest thing about Michael Jackson too is his family was really poisoning him from the beginning as well into kind of believing his own hype. Even from this young age, he didn't have anybody to kind of give him a reality check. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that, that ultimately led to, <laughs> to everything. All the things. Well, uh, I mean, usually with, usually with most of these people, there's trauma, you know? So like, I think everyone has the capacity, uh, as scary as it is to be to be that way to get to that point and it's just a matter of whether you know the kind of the stars align like if you have traumatic experiences and then if you have people telling you certain things you know like all that stuff it just adds up and then you know you get to a really unhealthy place that and you don't even realize it's unhealthy anymore because that's your reality Mm -hmm. it's fucking scary yeah. Poor Mandy. Mandy never would have been burned alive if the old empath lady and the mute hadn't just handed their pussies over to him. <laughs> that old lady was great. What did she say? She the, was yeah. great. The darker the great, whore, the, the darker the whore, the brighter the flame. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's good stuff. And when she, um, so like when Mandy was working at the, it was a gas station, right? Or convenience store or something. Uh, and the lady came in and I, I didn't realize this until like watching it a second time. But like she says at the end of their interaction, like, see you later, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, <gasps> and then like, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know if, if she says it to, to her. No, I don't know. That was a crazy line. The lady, the lady was uh, awesome, and she she was very Lynchian to me, mm-hmm. like her character. She was very soft toned, and yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like kind of, I don't know. She had an interesting face, an interesting look, which yeah. is like very much his kind of thing. Hmm. I think I need to watch more David Lynch films. Uh-huh. How many have you seen? Uh, or did think, you have you seen Twin Peaks at least? I haven't seen Twin Peaks. I've seen Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's probably it. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I mean, I don't. He's not super prolific, is he? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. I, I feel like he takes his time with things. It's funny. <laughs> I just typed David Lunch into IMDb, and there actually is a David Lunch. Yeah, oh, that's good. what does he do? Does he make any good movies? Uh, David Lunch, the editor on Bittersweet Revenge of 2016. Yeah, uh, David okay. Lunch. Wow. So. <laughs> Damn, David Lynch has got a hair do on him. Oh, he's got great hair. Oh, he's 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 a good looking man. Yeah, yeah. Looks like he's done a lot of like videos. He's done a lot of um, I don't like research and things as well there's also there's a really good documentary it's a couple years old now on netflix um it's my crazy it's not crazy brain my amazing brain something like that Mm -hmm. but it's a woman who she was only like 30 years old and she had a stroke and it left her with ongoing brain damage and she was a huge fan 
up to this point, of course, of, of David Lynch, and then a big chunk of, like, she's trying to explain what her world is like with this bizarre brain damage. And one of the things she keeps saying is it's kind of like, it's kind of like living inside of a David Lynch movie. Like there are things that I know are real, but they're not quite real. There are things that I see, but I can't really see them. Or I hear things in a very different way. Like it's just, it's amazing and bizarre all at the same time. Dude, I didn't realize he directed the Dune from 1984. Yeah. That's wild. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. It's fucking wild. Yeah. That's why it was such a weird ass, uh, dune like if you watch that compared to (laughs) the sci-fi um channel miniseries which was both of them basically based on the books but you have one that's like based on the books and then you have one that's david lynch (laughs) like they're two very different (laughs) all right well have you guys seen anything by lars von trier i feel like he makes some weird shit know that name i think that I watched... name's familiar but i can't yeah. remember the m- he, movies i feel like there's a lot of psychosexual shit that he mm. in his stuff um like i watched melancholia i think um i know yeah. melancholia but i haven't seen it yeah and there like what was it there was something more recently that came out with um <laughs> antichrist i haven't seen that scott willem defoe there's some really fucked up shit in that i've seen mm. clips I don't think Willem Dafoe does anything that's not a little fucked up. Not a little fucked up? I know. Right. Kind of just thing. Looks wild. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's he in is a lot of Lynch as well. Mm. Because <laughs> of that look. <laughs> All right. Well, the only other thing I wanted to just to just get your guys' uh, feelings about was the Cheddar Goblin. I thought it was great. It reminded me of my childhood. Oh, yes. It reminded <laughs> me of what was... Did you guys have a My Pet Monster? No. no, but I, I had friends who did. We had a My Pet Monster, and I feel like he would have stolen my mac and cheese, too. <laughs> it just, doesn't it, at some point, doesn't the goblin, like, vomit mac and cheese? <laughs> All <laughs> over great. the children. Like, on the children. Which, I yeah, that was great. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, why do, why do I like that weird, like, awful things happen to children. It's not that bad. I mean, it's just mac and cheese bomb, but, like, what, what does that say about me? I'm like, yeah, get those kids. I mean, what it says is that you're a sane person who realizes that kids are annoying and sometimes deserve to have cheese vomited on them. And that's, that's coming from someone who has literally, with her two hands, caught cheese vomit coming from a child's mouth. I can mm. tell you that, yes, some children should be vomited on by a, a monster. It. <laughs> it's just, only fair. I just like the absurdity of it, that there would be a mac and cheese brand called Cheddar Goblin, and then it's this gross goblin that's like, it's just, it's nasty. I would yeah. shit out of Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when the, when the movie came out, and there was a whole lot about the Cheddar Goblin. So, like, I was thinking the Cheddar Goblin was going to be, like, some kind of recurring character or like like I thought there was more there than like it was just a commercial on the TV and I think he's in shock at the time like that's why I think he like passes out and then like I think he's just like in shock from the whole thing and then that's why he sees the weird cheddar goblin I don't know also he he got stabbed right yeah in the gut like yeah and all of a sudden it magically healed I suppose because he seemed totally fine and that did not look like a wound that would just be fine 
That yeah. was one thing I, I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned, you know, yeah, he was probably in shock. And I'm thinking like, yeah, from loss of blood, but he recovered quickly. He went through, he, yeah. his hands were fucked up. He had, was it barbed wire around his face? He got stabbed yeah. in the side. He got into that car accident. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's where the alcohol, I don't know. I mean, probably anyone would like, I don't know. I was going to say maybe that's where the alcohol came in. But if he was an alcoholic, he probably just would have gone for that regardless. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. He's just killing the pain so he can go out and bring the pain. Fuck some <laughs> shit up. Go hunt yeah. some Jesus freaks. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus freaks. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, also what was with when he went to see that guy it was like it wasn't the first time yeah that was like his uh, spiritual leader or something just yeah some guy in the woods I don't yeah know. i think they were probably i i just assumed that they they fought in the war together oh you didn't assume that they were like logging uh... friends oh maybe they were logging friends i don't know i mean he lived in the woods too i don't know. i'm gonna have fuck off Spray painted, spray painted, spray painted on my front door. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you are. The message. Mm. Well, and and then when uh, so I, I, this is a second time watching thing, but when Sand asked Mandy like, "What do you see?" At some point, when like I don't know, he first caught her, she was like, "I see the Reaper." And so yes. I was like, "Does she know? Like, this is a thing that's happened before." <laughs> I think I like, think she knew that something was going to come for them. And I, I think Nick Cage has got this secret past of being just like a killer, which did. So I didn't understand why he got into that dumb car accident. I was like, he's not very good at this. He's been caught twice now. Well, I think <laughs> we've already established that he was quite drunk and bleeding profusely and mm. also sad. <laughs> also those things, uh, the black skulls, like they seem to have some sort of weird repellent power because if you would have ran over anything, anyone like that normally, like they just mm. would have gone down. But instead, so, like the car went ping. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the guy who like pulled the arrow out of his neck, but he's still good to fight. Yeah, he's good. He got, <laughs> he got an arrow through the neck. Like I get that they uh, like pain and all, but he was bleeding a lot. I He put up a hell of a fight. You know, I was thinking that maybe they were kind of zombified, but the first one that he kills just gets his throat slit. So, because um, I was wondering about that, too. He was fine after he pulled the arrow out, and he was able to have that uh, hand-to-hand combat with Nick. But I think that's part of what I mean by some, like, unanswered questions. Yeah, or yeah. Maybe... there's a little, some holes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, even the, the one guy, he even says, you know, during their fight, he's like, she's still burning. And all I'm thinking is, <laughs> He wasn't even there. Like, he got his little fat albino, and they took him out to eat. And yeah. They weren't, did they, were they, like, lurking in the woods to see that she was burned? I don't think he even knew that would happen. When I, Nick, they went back to their little house and got high again. And, you know. When Nick Cage wakes up after being captured by the Black Skulls, and the Black Skulls like, you have a death wish. And Cage is like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. so emotional. Oh, you know, it took him 15 I, tries to deliver that line because he couldn't stop crying about his ex-wife. I just love oh, that. Oh, my emo <laughs> heart. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, I, it, we're, we're so emo. That's why I like him. You know, you should just go hang out in New Orleans 
and you'll probably run into him eventually. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go to that tomb. No, but yeah. he, well, he has a, a place there, but he has a tomb like he's he's so uh, he's got some out there like spirituality and like, you know, of course he does. Right. He's fucking Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's magic. He's fucking magic, I think. Um, he's something. Something. <laughs> okay. A lot like this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was a I it was it's a, it's a fun ride. Nick Cage is a fun ride. I it was a it. thrilling ride. Yeah. I would definitely watch it again. It's so much fun. This is the kind of movie I want to show to people just to be like just what to freak them out. Yeah, <laughs> just to freak them out a little bit. Yeah, like a like a first date. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't have time to dig around to see if we're like, meant to be or not. So let's just, this is the date. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how you do. We're just going to dive right in. That's right. You know, and if, you, and if you're still, if you still want to sex after, then I know we're good. But if you really, <laughs> really, really want to sex after, then, then I don't think we're good. We might have a problem. Yeah. Oh, like, I was going to say, I was going to say, then we're great. Oh. <laughs> All right. But I mean, that's what makes it a litmus test. We all have our own, you know. Yeah. Does your cum oh. look like that? Does your cum look like that? Because if it does, we can make this happen. Holy Mine's God. a little you... more orange. <laughs> no. Did you fill up a jar with cum? Uh, I've Bro. never seen that. I don't think, I don't know that I need to. Guys, it would stink. You know that it would stink. After a while. Yeah, most bodily fluids stink after a while, so I would agree. I'm very concerned about you, Leah. (laughs) I don't know what's happening in your world right now. I'm a very confused person. (laughs) Who's Mandy? Is it cum? I don't know. When's Mandy going to show up? Why are these demons (laughs) drinking bottles of cum? What is this movie about? Oh, Nick Cage, you're so funny. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) anything else about Mandy or Nick? Mm, I love you, Nick. Call me. (laughs) No, don't follow it up with me. No, no. She's for real. Just saying. Yeah, no, I don't. No, 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 don't. No. <laughs> Call me as soon as you develop uh, time travel so that we can go back to, what would you say, like mid-90s? Is that mm-hmm. early 90s? Uh, I don't know. A- yeah. Early 90s? 80s? I don't know. Yeah, late probably 80s. something like that. Yeah, I guess Moonstruck was like late 80s, right? Yeah. I, I read he was like 56 now, which so probably in Hollywood years, he's probably almost 60. Well, yeah. yeah. Which really, if you think about that, hey. Nick Cage, you done good. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was fun. Thanks for joining us, Melissa. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Queen Melissa, we worship. We Aww. worship at your altar. Oh, gosh. Somehow <laughs> I knew that this was going to devolve into, like, a, a sex fluids talk, and, and it has. Do so. you want to be our cult leader? Uh, no. I would totally no. follow you. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, though... Leah's very suggestible. I am. Mm-hmm. I am. I I like to be suggested too, I think. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. Can All I right, be Lindsay, your cult leader? Lindsay, that leaves you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Lindsay's it. You're up. <laughs> Actually, I need to formulate my plans. 
done. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Melissa, for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Movie Virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. Thank you for listening. As always, we had a lot of fun doing that episode with our dear, dear, sweet queen of everything, Melissa Powers. Uh, This podcast would not be what it is without her. So we love her dearly, and we were so glad to have her. And I really enjoyed Mandy. I'm super glad that she picked it. It was a really fun watch, and I had such a good time talking to her and Lindsay about it. So yay. Uh, Next week, we watched or we, well, we have for you, surely, we have already watched it. Um, so that is a little bitty story about Shirley Jackson, author of The Lottery and The Haunting of Hill House, um, an incredible storyteller, and this movie stars Elizabeth Moss, and it's really fucking intense. So so that'll be a fun one, too. Um, yeah, so as always, wherever you're listening, please subscribe rate us and review us on apple podcasts if you're listening there we would love that we really want to hear from you whether you loved it or hated it or whatever it uh check us out uh look us up on twitter at movie virgins pod and we'll see you next time one last thing the music in this episode was written and performed by our queen melissa powers Virgin.